introducing The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan, the podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey through the captivating realm of custom technology. Join us as we unveil the sensational tales of Nashville's very own dynamic duo of AV designers. Don't miss out on this thrilling auditory expedition into the mesmerizing world of custom technology. All right. Well, welcome to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. And we are extremely thankful that you guys are here and listening. Uh, We have uh, a very, very, very exciting show for you today. Uh, We are going to be talking about audio. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, audio is a big world. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but (laughs) it's a very, very big world. I've been... um, piano player, musician since I was seven, and I've been studying sound my whole life, and I'm nowhere close to the bottom. It just keeps going. <laughs> like, it just it just keeps going. Uh, that yeah, being you'll, said... You'll never, never get out of it. <laughs> never, never find the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, I figured as this is one of the earlier episodes, we want to kind of keep things uh, surface level. You know, I think um, we'll, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, we want to talk. I think about two purposes. One would be audio or sound uh, for music, right? Where you get music throughout the house, and the other is uh, audio for TV or video. And uh, there's a bunch of different things that you can think about when you talk about those two. And so maybe, Mark, to start, uh, would you tell me kind of the main difference in format um, between those two and and why there's like this break between music and, and TV? Sure, sure. So uh, to make it as easy as possible, you know, on a more basic level, music is going to be mixed in a studio differently than movies or television uh are there caveats on both sides sure but by and large music is two channels or two speakers and television and movies are multi multi multi-channel five seven even more you know you can get you know pretty complex with that i was gonna say you can have more than uh five speakers seven speakers oh absolutely how many how many speakers can you have for tv Oh, oh my goodness. So, I mean, most of your stuff's going to probably be mixed in five or maybe seven channels if it's like a big game of some sort. But, uh, I mean, your processors and uh, AV receivers can, you know, currently we have them that will master up to 16 channels or output 16 channels of audio. So Wow. Um, so yeah, 16 so you- independent speakers designed for one room. And uh, is that Dolby Atmos? Is that what that is? It can be, and in most cases at this point it is. Um, there are other um, things outside of Dolby Atmos that you'll see, although Atmos is kind of your biggest your biggest uh, one out there right now because most of your movies that you see are mastered in it when they hit you know, your streaming service or a physical disc. Yes, people still buy those. Uh, yes. And <laughs> um, yes, you, you can have things like Dolby Atmos, DTSX, or RO3D. Awesome. Um, just to name a couple of them. Well, and I, 
I, I think it's it's important to note that the format is really what we're talking about, right? And just like you have for your computer, let's say that you write something and then you put it in a dot doc because it's supposed to be in Microsoft Word. There's other times you'll get something in a dot PDF, right? And it's mm -hmm. just a like you're still reading words, you're still doing the same things, but obviously those two formats are going to determine you know, what you can and can't do, and, and there's different purposes for it, right? Right, right. Why don't we start on the music side of things um, and the distributed audio side of things, which is we're going we're gonna to say it as distributed instead of surround sound. I was at a customer's house mm -hmm. the other day, and he kept saying, we're going to have surround sound outside and surround sound in the master bathroom <laughs> and surround sound. And I was like, there's only two speakers here. And, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> super nice guy. I'm not trying to, to knock on him, but just to say, you know, we're going to say distributed audio just to be keep keep it clear. Um, and yes, sound is everywhere. That's not the same thing as surround sound. Right. 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 So so how do you how do you start the design uh, for uh, music throughout the house? Uh, what what might have been like the traditional way uh, to do that? And then what? What, what are we kind of starting to, to look at now? Yeah, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but, um, you know, we're in Nashville and there's a lot of a lot of new homes that are built here. But there's a lot of homes that are that have been here for a while that are being renovated. And, uh, you know, they were built in the, you know, mid 90s, early 2000s, and they were pre-wired for whole home distributed audio. Okay. Um, you know, the most common that you'll see is uh, multiple rooms. You know, let's you're typically your main areas like kitchens, dining spaces, bedrooms, bathrooms, um, maybe in something on the patio. But essentially, you typically would have a centralized wiring location, a low voltage panel in some cases, where all of your speaker wire would be pulled and in each room that you've got a pair of speakers, you would have uh, a little knob on the wall that allowed you to control volume. Mm -hmm. So you would go and, you know, go to your CD player in that closet and hit play on it and then go to that room and you turn that volume knob up and boom, you've got music. Um, but, it, you know. It, and it sounds like if, you know, just to kind of think it through a little bit and, and maybe just, you know, call it out, the CD player that you have in that one area is playing the same thing everywhere, right? Correct. Correct. It was right. not zoned out, if you will. It was just a singular, you know, one source would play in each room and you would use that volume knob in the room to, you know, if you didn't want to hear it in there, you'd turn it all the way to the left and it would just essentially turn that room off. And then if you wanted it on, you'd turn it to the knob to the right to turn that room on, but it would play that same music you know, everywhere. Yep. When they would power them, um, and, and I know this is kind of technical, but do they just use a big receiver? Uh, like, how do you, how would they traditionally power something like that? Yes. Sometimes I would run into a receiver, but it is not the preferable way. The way when it was done right, it is uh, an, an amplifier that was made specifically for that purpose. Oh. Um, you know, so I, even today, we, we have several that do, you know, four, eight, 12, 16 channels of audio that you, you know, essentially just choose 
how many zones are we going to have, or excuse me, how many speakers am I going to have? Because I need to have the correct amount of amplification across that space before we get any further. Yep. Well, and, and I appreciate the way you said that, right? You're you're talking about channels, right? How many speakers? So we're just going to match those up, and we're going to say, all right, if I have four zones or four rooms, those two terms I think should be equivalent. That means I'm going to have a total of eight speakers or eight channels, and those terms I think should be equivalent. Um, and it, and I also think we should we should probably call out that if you have a centralized uh, system like this, where you've got those knobs, uh, volume controls on the wall, um, that there's actually a wire that's going from the speakers over to the volume control, and then the volume control. You know, the wire goes back over to the centralized location. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes they would run them with, because I saw this last week, uh, they would run them with Ethernet or Cat5 cable. Um, and they would do that because they would have, instead of a rotary knob, I've seen where they have like the little push button so you could change radio stations. <laughs> Which yes. I know sounds crazy today because you're like, what is FM and AM radio? But I kid <laughs> you not, there was preset number one and preset number two, you know, on this little keypad on the wall. And uh, the client was like, I don't listen to FM radio anymore. So, mm -hmm. so, so where are we going now? We've started zoning out the systems. Now a zone can be one room. It can be a few rooms that you decide that you want to tie together. Um, it can be one whole floor of your home. It, it really is all about your design. But what I mean by zoning out is I want to be able to play this music maybe in my living room, but in my bedroom, I want to be able to choose something completely different from that music that's playing in the living room space. Um, you know, and most of the time nowadays you've got families that have, you know, three or four kids on top of the, the, the parents and, you know, everyone wants to be able to listen to their own music at night. Right. Um, and rather than having a Bluetooth speaker sitting on your bathroom that you got to you know, walk around with or, uh, something along those lines, we connect a device to their Wi-Fi and to those speakers that allow us to essentially distribute music around the house and give them individual zone control around the house. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. And so you essentially have like a brain unit of some varying shape or form that mm -hmm. connects to the Wi-Fi. You've got the amplifier, which is powering the speakers. And we said earlier, right, you can have, you know, four zones or eight zones or, you know, however many you need. And mm -hmm. then, of course, the speakers throughout the house. So would you have to replace the speakers? Let's say you're doing a remodel. I mean, it, is that the kind of thing? Like, do you have to replace the wiring and all that kind of stuff? Or is that something that you could potentially reuse? Uh, definitely can be reused depending on, you know, what was there before. And most systems that you'll see around the house use an 8-ohm speaker. You know, typically use 16 or 18-gauge wire in most cases. So as long as uh, you've got that, there's a good chance that the speakers are going to be just fine. Yep. Uh, so we're just looking at replacing the, you know, kind of the head end equipment, the the brain, if you will, and the amplification. Um, it's just, you know, speakers are made to last a long time. 
I'm glad to hear you say it that way because a lot of times I think it's like you get into this and you start doing the math and you go, all right, if I have to replace all the speakers and I got to replace all the wires and I got to cut up drywall and I got to, it's like, eh, that could be a little much, maybe more than, than we might need to, uh, might need to do. And if you have a good set of speakers, right. Assuming they're not broken, <laughs> right. Assuming that they do work and, uh, yep. you know, that you're probably fine. So let's go maybe the other side, instead of thinking remodel, let's go new construction. Um, mm -hmm. Well, how would you design a, a system uh, from scratch? You know, because it's not 30 years ago, it's 2023. So how would you design with today's technology in mind? Yeah, so, you know, in a, <clears throat> you know, obviously the biggest difference is you can do what you want by, uh, you know, first and foremost, pre-wiring. Um, as yep. we may have stated before, uh, <laughs> pre-wiring <laughs> in, in, in the spaces that you want audio in. Um that makes sense. Now, uh, you know, a lot of homes that you'll go into from the past, you go into a kitchen, dining room, whatever it is, it's just going to have two speakers. Right. Well, uh, have you ever gone into a room with, that's dark? Maybe if you've gone to Mammoth Cave, that's north of here, with just the flashlight, and you turn the flashlight on, and you can see kind of that little space that the flashlight fills in. Uh, think of audio or speakers the same way. If I've got just two speakers, but I've got a, you know, a, a fairly large kitchen that we have in, in a lot of homes here. Uh, are those two speakers really going to give me the experience I'm looking for? No. Uh, so we might, no, <laughs> we might add, we might add more now that doesn't get outside of stereo. So I don't want to go too far down that road, but just to say like you can design it the way that you want to and get the experience that you want. Do you want some extra base? Hey, we can add a unsealing subwoofer to that space versus having to have a box sitting in the room. Or maybe something in the floor, even. Yeah, imagine I, that. I, I I'm so glad you mentioned it because what is kind of the hidden theme I think of all of our conversations is the aesthetic and what the space actually looks like. And when we talk about design and we talk about designing out a space, it's like, well, if you're starting from scratch, you have the opportunity to match the size of your speaker with your cans this concept of leading with the aesthetic, right? We, we mm -hmm. still want good sound. I get it. And when I go into homes now and I look at the can lights are square and I look at the speakers are square and everything lines up exactly the way that it's supposed to. It's like, oh, we thought about it and it was intentional and it made sense. And mm -hmm. that's why we went that direction. So, um, and I love the fact you brought up putting something in the floor. Uh, or in a cabinet or something like that, like you can hide away a subwoofer. Um, because I think that's the first thing that kind of happens within ceiling speakers specifically is you lose the bass. You know, you walk right. in, you see a four inch speaker or a six inch speaker, and it's like, how much bottom end are you really going to get out of that? And so what do you end up doing? You got to crank it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just to hear what's going on. And you're like, oh, why am I cranking up this music? When we could have had a nice full rich sound had we done maybe some eight inch speakers or had we done you know something with a subwoofer that you know was maybe a little bit more thought through and a little bit better designed out so right right and i, I kind of want to touch on like you were you said with purpose um and i like that term you know a lot of the systems that you walk into that you're retroing were not really thought of with purpose it was just let's give them let's give them music here 
Uh, I, I was literally in a home earlier today that I was walking the house. The client had said, hey, I've got speakers all around the house and I want to update it sure. to be able to control it off my phone. Um, and I walked right by the office, looked in the office you know, from outside because they were working and oh, they don't have speakers here. And then as I was you know, doing the wrap up, I'm saying, hey, OK, so we're going to get audio here, here and here. And he's like, oh, well, what about my office? And I'm like, you, you didn't have any. I didn't see anything. And I walk in, and he takes me back in there. And in the right-hand corner, between right between the can light and the crown molding, there was a six-inch speaker just crammed in that corner. That was the only speaker. And they put one speaker in most rooms of the house. Oh, man. And, and it's like, you know, it, did, they, did, he, did they achieve getting music there? Absolutely. But was it? purposefully put in there like with a purpose to give the client the performance expectation that they would be expecting no i mean that this and even this client it was kind of hard to to help them understand like hey you're not going to get the same sound as you are in your home theater uh you're going to get you know just some background music so we kind of had to level out our product recommendations to kind of accommodate what they had. well and you know that that brings up a really good point which is can you make it work? Well, yes, there's always a way to make it work. And I get that. The issue is not can you make it work? The issue is should you do it that way in the first place? Right? We, we mm -hmm. I, I think the whole, you know, ethos of saying, you know, can I make it work? It's like, well, well, sure. I mean, you could put, you know, $50 tires on <laughs> your BMW and you know it'll <laughs> it'll work like yeah i mean the car will drive uh, i get that why do you drive a bmw <laughs> why do you drive a nicer car like could you eat a hot dog with bread listen i've done it i get it <laughs> <laughs> and ketchup and uh, oh let's not get into that oh man <laughs> let's not get into that but but what should you do you should put it on a hot dog bun i get it yep. it's just it's just bread but is it really just bread or is it not? And I think that's, it, it seems silly to think about it, but why would I go out of my way to buy bread for a hot dog? Like we're going to the store anyway. You might as well just pick up the buns. Like we, right. we don't need to overthink it more than that. So, yep. Uh, yep. well, what, what ended up happening then? So uh, did you end up uh, recommending that you reuse that or did you go a different direction? We'll see. We'll see what the client is doing, but they were not interested in adding additional yeah audio which we actually could have done but uh in the living room they've got a bar area upstairs and a, and a theater space and we're gonna you know meet the performance expectations up there we talked about purpose okay and and, and just kind of piggybacking on the purpose concept there the idea is i want to listen to music when i'm cooking or entertaining i want to have music on when I'm working out. So it's probably important to put speakers in a gym, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I may want to listen to music in the morning when I'm getting ready. And so, yeah, it's a good idea to uh, put them in a bathroom or uh, outside, you know, where we can relax in the evening and, you know, have some smooth jazz or, you know, whatever you're into playing, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, what about when it comes to designing uh, for TV? Uh, because, you know, all of those things are great for music, but what if I want to hear the sound of the game in the kitchen and it's an open concept and <laughs> right, we've got uh, a, 
you know, living room and then the dining room and then the kitchen. And so you're probably 40, 50 feet away in some of these larger homes. Uh, what happens when uh, when we want to get the sound of the TV integrated? How how does that fundamentally change the design? If I know that this is going to be a, a room that TV watching is going to be, you know, utilized quite a bit. Television is mixed and multi-channel. So I need to have a minimum of five channels. I need a speaker for dialogue, center channel, um, action sounds, things that happen on screen left and right, and then everything else is, is going to be effect. So I know we mentioned Dolby Atmos earlier. You know, are, are we going to have a couple in ceiling speakers? Are we going to have surrounds? You know, something coming from behind us like crowd noise, or you know, when that helicopter flies off screen, you hear it go behind you. You know, that's kind of what uh, we need to design for. If I just put two speakers in there, I'm taking five speakers worth of sound and kind of cramming it into those two speakers. And will it work? Yes. But when it comes to differentiation of things like dialogue, which is the biggest thing, uh, you're, yeah. it's going to kind of get lost in all that other space. Going back to what you were saying, open concept, right? So I've got a living room, I'm watching television. I'm going to get up and you know prep something for dinner before my wife gets home. Um, I want to keep that game audio playing, I could, you know, pull out my phone or whatever we, however we design it and allow that to be able to turn on and play that same TV sound when I need it to be distributed to another space. That's, that's awesome. And I, I want to jump off of the dialogue conversation because that is the number one thing I think we solve for when we go to a more custom style solution system because you can take that center channel and you can change the volume or you mm -hmm. can improve the quality of that individual speaker or you can make sure that that has enough amplification or power. So you're getting the dialogue the way that it was intended. Uh, I, I remember when I was in California and I'd go into a, a post-production studio and you're looking at you know five or seven of the exact same speaker and mm -hmm. these are two, three, or $5,000 speakers, right? They're highly specialized pieces of equipment, and they're designed so that way the mixer can be very accurate in his decisions, how much dialogue or how little. And mm -hmm. then to take that information and then squash it down into two speakers and then to put that inside your television, right? Just by <laughs> itself. Just forget about a sound bar, forget about surround sound, forget about any of those. No, just the TV sound itself. You've got two one-inch five-watt speakers that are essentially like nice headphones trying to reproduce all this information. And it's like, yeah, that's, can't do it. You know, there's, yep. there's just no way. So. And that's why, uh, you know, you, you look at things like, uh, I saw an article the other day about closed captioning being <laughs> really popular and it blows my mind because you know I, I i watched a youtube video of some colleagues of, of ours down uh south of here that uh is their podcast that they that they make every week about nerdy things nerdy news uh youtube automatically turned on closed caption and it's like automatically because now the, this was just dialogue so i didn't have a problem hearing it but it's become kind of an autom automatic thing in our society because a lot of times we are just you know, we're creatures of habit. We buy a TV, we can see the picture, and it's got sound, so I can hear it. But can you really, right? No, that's why we turn on closed captioning. So by having that dedicated speaker, whether it is a sound bar, which we've kind of skipped over, that's got that dedicated speaker, or 
you know, in most cases, a dedicated center channel uh, and a surround sound variant, um, that's going to help out tremendously. So you don't have to have those words at the bottom of your screen all the time. Well, and and you're you're right to call it out. We 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 skip soundbars, not I think uh, intentionally, but um, at the same time, I think it speaks to a larger ethos or a larger design uh, conversation. And it's probably just as well that we have it now as as we do later, which is <laughs> that soundbars are a band aid solution to an aesthetic problem, right? Is that fair? That uh, is 100% fair. I remember, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I walked into a house yes, this morning, this morning, and mm-hmm. this man had a sharp uh, CRT television over his fireplace from cool. 20 years ago. And <laughs> it was unbelievable. But we're sitting there having this conversation and I'm normally, I have to describe the way things used to be. And in this case, I'm like pointing at it saying, uh, <laughs> you see how your TV has speakers there? Um, well, guess what? As TVs got skinnier and slimmer and slimmer and slimmer, they lost the real estate to have speakers. And right. my favorite example, it, 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 it just cracked me up. Sony came out with that first 4k i'm sure you remember this and it had those speakers on the side yeah every customer in the middle of the conversation looking at that television said it's a great picture i don't know why they put speakers on the side and then immediately turned around and we'd look at some other model that doesn't have speakers and they would say well how's the sound and i would look at them and say well it's not great yep (laughs) because there was no room for speakers so what do you what do you do well, all right, I'll throw a soundbar on there. It'll be fine. It's like, but was it really? I mean, how many channels do you get on a traditional soundbar that's actually decoding Dolby or DTS? I can think of maybe two. The rest of them yeah. are multi-channel uh, stereo or some variation of some you know unique algorithm. And so you're not really getting that experience from your soundbar. Um, and then from an aesthetic perspective, how does a soundbar look compared to not having to see those speakers uh, in a family room t- you know, kind of space? I mean, it's a family mm-hmm. room, it's a living room, and not that it's super formal, but just to say, do I want to have a big black or big silver box sitting underneath my television if I don't have to? And that's the point. Do I mm-hmm. have to do that? Right, so. right. What's the most popular TV that we probably install more than any other television oh is that the frame tv the frame right the samsung samsung's the frame tv right does the soundbar look good underneath that uh no it doesn't mark because no, as soon no. as i see it <laughs> go ahead i finish. know it's a tv i know it's a tv now <laughs> i don't I, I, legitimately i have a frame tv in my house it uh there are times that i mean i know it's a tv but it doesn't look like a tv when it's off and it's and it's great the point is aesthetics, right? I, I have my this beautiful living space. Uh, you know, the frame is mounted over my fireplace, and now I have to put this 45-inch wide black bar underneath my frame. And I, now it's now it, it it no longer is beautiful in a lot of folks' minds. That's why we focus more on uh, designing out the space, you know, prior to 
you know, the client moving in. So if we can pre-wire for surround sound and we can put invisible speakers or in-ceiling speakers, something architecturally pleasing and aesthetically pleasing, I should say, uh, now we don't have to worry about taking away from the aesthetics of the space. Yeah, and and I'm glad you mentioned invisibles, and I'm glad you mentioned architectural. Those grills can be painted the same color as your wall, so those mm-hmm. are gonna you know completely disappear you know when you're just doing a quick glance. And in the case of true invisibles, those are actually mudded, right? Sanded. Mm-hmm. You need to do a level dr- five drywall finish, um, and so when you really don't want to see it, I mean that is the way to do it, and. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll tell you a brief story in, in, of a high-rise in Nashville that we did. And this was one of the coolest projects because you walk in, it's on the sixth floor, and there's this stunning fireplace that they were building, okay, when you as soon as you walk in. And on the left side is this giant grand piano, and the kitchen is there, and it's all open concept, and it's floor-to-ceiling windows, and there was literally no place to put a speaker. And, you know, this client had put a bunch of money into designing, right, every last little detail. And they're sitting there saying, well, what do we do for sound, right? Knowing it's going to be a problem. And Mm -hmm. so we had an 85-inch frame TV that was going to go above this fireplace. And we put the invisible speakers above it. Why? So that way it just looks like ceiling. But there's five speakers there and a sub that we hid in the drywall. So that way the space is beautiful. It's clean. It's exactly every line where it's supposed to be. And we didn't take away from the architect's design. We weren't trying to reimagine the space. We weren't trying to take an AV store and throw it up in their living room. Like <laughs> we, were say- we were trying to work with the space, work with what you're... And so... The client was through the moon when it was all said and done. It sounded awesome and it looked awesome because we kept the home the home, right? Right, right. Exactly, exactly. And I love that you brought up the, uh, you know, throwing an AV store into their home. I've joked with a couple of interior designers that I work with, like, hey, you know, now you don't have to Photoshop these speakers out of <laughs> out of your photos of the of the room. You know, you just take a picture and you don't see the speaker. So, uh, and it, I've done similar projects where, Hey, now I don't have to take away from my space. It's beautiful. It's elegant. And I still get the, the high performance audio that I want when I want. Yep, exactly. Well, okay. So I think we've got, uh, some of the, the foundational elements there, which is we want to design aesthetically, we know that we want to be able to integrate TV sound, and that's a five-speaker solution as opposed to a two-speaker solution. Um, it's important, I think, that you work with an integrator and with your designer to make sure that the functionality is there because there's a lot of different ways to design out distributed audio and video. Going back to our you know, living room, open floor plan to a kitchen space. Um, and maybe that's all that was wired in the home and that's what the client is, is wanting. Um, we could do a traditional AV receiver that's going to power that main zone. But most of the receivers of that caliber are going to have a second zone capability, meaning that it can take some or all of the content 
that is connected to it, process it or, or downscale it to the two speakers in an adjacent space. So it's usually either the living room and a kitchen or the living room and outdoors. That's primarily what you'll see. It works. The, the only downside that I think you and I probably run into a lot is it's not easy to control. Yep. Uh, you, even with a premium control system in a lot of cases, so you can get it to do it, but sometimes it can get a little confused rather than if I've got a distributed audio where I've got multiple rooms, you know, I'm still going to need that receiver, but I'm not going to necessarily need that zone two functionality. Uh, so maybe we scale down on the receiver depending on the space, or maybe we keep it the same, but you know, we know that uh, I have capabilities of adding something later, but for the rest of the house, I'm going to utilize that distributed audio amplifier, which we talked about earlier. And that's going to, that can connect to, from the receiver. So I can have the, the same thing happen. I can have the music that's playing through the receiver, go into that amp and go to the rest of the house. Um, so I don't lose any functionality there, but I just gain the ability to power multiple speakers at the correct wattage and ohms. Yeah. And impedance. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's, uh, I'm glad you said it that way because it's never just one box that can do it, right? It's always going to be that two or three and the control mm -hmm. aspect of it, I think is probably the, the last thing I would touch on. You and I have probably designed and installed so many systems that you can look at a box and say, okay, I know what input that's probably on. And I know what HDMI mm -hmm. is probably plugged into mm -hmm. which port. And I know that that's supposed to do, but for the average person, right. And I'll use my wife as the example, cause she's not, she's not technical. She didn't install it. She doesn't know what wire goes where she doesn't know all of the ins and outs and what each box is supposed to do and what each, you know, model variation and this particular manufacturer's receiver line is and so what happens is it gets confusing for her sometimes you know before we had a control system well we put one in the house and now if she wants to listen to music she she pushes a button and it's mm -hmm. music when she wants to watch tv she pushes a button and it's tv when it's time to do two rooms she hits plus <laughs> and all of a yep. sudden it's like oh i want this room and this room and this room to work and guess what? They all work the yep. way that they're supposed to. And she doesn't have to know anything about, you know, the the guts and, and how it works. Um, and, and so working with your designer, going back to it, working with your integrator, asking the questions, how do I want it to work in the end? Yes, I want it to look beautiful. Yes, I want it to be aesthetically pleasing. But if we don't address the control, we don't how it's actually going to be used. Then in the end, you put a bunch of stuff in that's too complex. And if it's too hard, then you don't use it. Then what was the point? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. I mean, I, I demo my control system quite a bit. And that I say that exact thing. And I'll open up my phone and I've got 13 zones of, of audio in my townhome. A couple of them are portable speakers, but the way that works, it, it is run through uh, you know, some Sonos stuff. But uh People look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Well, I make it easy. You know, my wife can walk in the house and she can select bathroom and play her playlist, airplay it to the, the speaker in, in the bathroom when she gets home from work and she can keep listening to the playlist that she had in her car. Um, my parents can show up here and know how the system works and they aren't tech savvy. 
making it easy, you know, we can put speakers anywhere, but if you've got a, you know, if it's complex for you to use, uh, it's, it's not going to be fun. So let's make it fun. Let's make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I think that uh, we've covered quite a bit then we've talked about, you know, two speakers and distributed audio amplifiers. We've talked about, um, you know, kind of the way that things used to be done versus the way they are now being controlled from your a phone. Um, and I'll just mention uh, anything, anytime we say it can be controlled from a phone, it can also be controlled from a tablet, um, like an iPad or something along those lines. So mm-hmm. uh, those two things I just want to call out are, are, are synonymous. Um, we've talked about, uh, you know, audio for surround sound for TV and, uh, you know, that kind of uh, an environment and how to integrate that uh, with uh, audio in the rest of the house. Um, what else have uh, we've covered control systems, how to make it easy? Mm-hmm. Um, what else uh, should we uh, be considering, Mark, that uh, that we haven't covered or need to cover? Well, it would be a shame if we had an episode about audio and we didn't talk about saving the world. <laughs> right? So uh, Refer to the previous episode where we said we saved the world one stereo system at a time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and that could be stereo or surround sound, but what I'm describing is a premium studio quality audio experience in a space in your home. I, I have to call out you because you've done one of my favorite projects that, that, that I've seen uh, in, in a client's library. Would you mind kind of describing that? Oh man, you're going to put me on the spot for this. I am. I'm putting <laughs> you on the spot. Okay. So uh, the client came in and uh, uh, there was a room that was uh, that was it's a dedicated library. That's, that, that's what it was. And when mm-hmm. I say the word library, uh, this is a beautifully, you know, multi-million dollar home. It was a beautiful library. It's octagonal in its shape. And it is two stories. And so it's something out of like Beauty and the Beast. If you can imagine like watching I immediately that. thought that when I saw those photos, Beauty and the I, Beast, right? That's exactly what it is. It's like they pulled it out of some castle in Europe and they plopped it in Tennessee. Um <laughs> And the client uh, likes to read, and there's books on all the shelves, um, but what he really likes to do is listen to music. Uh, we came uh, into the showroom and, you know, the premium room, and we listened to a set of Bowers & Wilkins 800 series, and we listened also to the Kef Blades, uh, which are uh, kind of like a direct competitor. And it took some work. Those are very large speakers. If you're not familiar, the Kef blades had to be physically moved over so we could position the shootout. But in the end, uh, we used uh, Macintosh amplification, Macintosh processing, uh, Rune music streaming, uh, and the client got the set that he wanted. I'm not going to tell you which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> but just know that what their ears liked is what we went with. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we set it up in the middle of this library and which goes back about 60 feet. And when you turn it on, um, it was like having a live concert, every single song. Um, it was just incredible. And it took us, I want to say just a day, just under a day to set it up. We didn't have to run cable or wire or things through the walls and all this, but just the positioning and the way that we tweaked them and, and in the end, I think uh, we were almost at six figures for the cost of that stereo system, but he uses it all the time and he loves it. And, you know, he works a lot 
And when it's time to come home and it's time to relax and enjoy, it's the way it's supposed to be. And that's the the best way I can describe it is it was about making him happy because that's what made it worth it. That's why he travels the world and does all the things that he does. And when he comes home, it's like, I finally get things to be the way I want them to be. <laughs> right? right. So, right. Right. Well, and that's, listen, anyone listening, um, you have to hear a premium audio setup somewhere just once in your life because it will change your mind on, on how you want to listen to music. I have in-ear, you know, wireless headphones. I have over-the-ear headphones and they're great for the convenience and, you know, if I'm out on a run or, you know, just hanging out, uh, you know, before I go to bed and I don't want to keep my wife up, but I have a space that I go and I've got my turntable connected to it, sit yep. down, and I it is a forced perspective experience that I create for myself. And it's, in, in my opinion, it's very important to, to have something like that. Our, our lives are crazy. It's all over the place most days. But being able to sit down, put on a record that I can't skip a track unless I get back up, right? Put a record on and listen through that whole record because that's what the artist intended. And having the right speakers paired into that space is going to recreate that performance just like the artist wanted you to hear. And uh, if you haven't heard it, you need to go find somewhere that you can get that experience because it's awesome. I agree. And and you mentioned the the turntable. We won't go down the rabbit trail too far. No. But it's it, it's almost a, uh, a ritualized experience now. And I don't do it every day. Like, I'm not going to put a record on you know, on a Thursday night for no reason. Mm -hmm. uh, but honestly, if I have people over and, you know, we're hanging out and it's, hey, have you heard this record or something along those lines? And you go in the room and you sit down and you put the record on and time stops. Yep. It just becomes you and what the artist was saying. And it's really, really unique. Um, and so, uh, again, it's not every day. But when it's when it's right, it's awesome. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, uh, you know, just to kind of go back for what we've been saying, these can be integrated into a surround sound, so you can utilize them as your main left and right speakers in your surround sound, and we can add center channels. The descriptions we've just given mine is actually a dedicated surround sound, but I have that stereo experience when I want it. They can be integrated into either. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true though. And that's why it's custom and that's why it's yep. designed because we just need to make sure we have the right parts and pieces to, uh, to make that happen the right way. And if you want it, we can do it. So yeah, yep. absolutely. Well, uh, I want to say thank you very much for listening to the sound of design with Mark and Dan. I need to get better at that, man. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Thank you guys. It's, uh, this has been a lot of fun for us. Uh, as always, reach out if you've got questions, like and subscribe, do all those fun things. Like, comment, subscribe, like Mark said, and uh, we will see you uh, next time. 